Hello, and welcome to Dope Conversations Podcast. I am your host, Bikita Pegram, and I am going to give you something to think about. Hello, everybody. It is me, Bikita Pegram. I am glad you came back today to hear part two of Code Switching. Code switching, we're going to just jump right into it because I have a lot of things that I want to share with you this week. Um, Code switching is something that if you are black or even just a minority in America, you probably have done it. Um, I can think of times in my professional career. I can think of times in my academic career that I have code switched. And notice I said academic career. And anybody that knows me knows that I have attended all HBCUs. But there are circumstances where I may have a professor that is not black and I find the need to code switch even in an HBCU setting. So co-switching is not new to many of us, but if you've never heard the term, like I said on the last podcast, you've probably done it anyway. If you find yourself checking your clothes based on where you're going, you're co-switching. If you find yourself redoing your hair outside of wearing an afro or your natural curl pattern, you're probably code switching. Code switching is something that we do in a black community to survive. It's not even so much. Um, I don't want people to think that I'm painting code switching to be something bad. It is something that we most often do as protection. Protection of being criticized, um, protection of being judged, protection of feeling like an outcast. So it's survival. And when we think about code switching, we do it as a protective mechanism based off of our language, our hair, our clothes, our culture. So something within us is saying my culture may not be accepted in this space. So let me back up, take off my culture for a little bit and play this game so I can survive in this moment. I have been revisiting, and I say revisiting because I have read The Souls of Black Folk by W.E.B. Du Bois before, but Sometimes when you go back and read a book because you're in a bit different space, you get a different understanding. So that's what I did. This week, I started revisiting the book. And when I started revisiting the book, some connections came apparent to me to code switching. He talks about two theories in his book, the veil and double consciousness. Now, the veil deals with three components. One, you realize you're black. Two, you realize that white people realize you're black. And then three, you realize, ooh, that might be a problem. Double consciousness 
is that ability to step out of yourself and realize that you are black, but you are also American. There's two of you. And with that double consciousness, you realize your blackness may not always be accepted in certain spaces. So this is how I, this is why I said to me is connected to code switching because that reality and that awareness, there has to be a solution for it so that you can function. And to me, I think what we've done as a black community is allow code switching to be that solution for us. So we realize when we go to the Galleria, and those of you who are not from Houston, it's a very nice mall with some very nice things. <laughs> so when we realize when we go to the Galleria that people are going to watch us, they're, they're going to follow us around the store. So then you may try to co-switch a little bit when you're talking to the salesperson. When you go to register at a PWI, you may not wear what you would wear to a HBCU because you realize they may be watching you. So you co-switch a little bit and you put something on a little bit more American Eagle or Gap. So when we think about co-switching, my issue comes is the solution a problem to us? Is co-switching impacting us as a people in a negative way. Because if I'm code switching because I see my blackness as a problem, am I starting to believe my hair is a problem? Am I starting to believe the way I talk at home, saying y'all and what's up? And man, is that a problem? Am I starting to pick apart my culture in the way that I see others pick apart my culture. So is that creating low self-esteem in myself because I'm questioning, can I wear my hair in an Afro to this interview or do I need to put on a wig or do I need to go get some extensions instead of just going to be in me? So those things become problematic when you think about code switching in that aspect, the long-term impact what it means for your psyche, what it means for your self-esteem. Because now, whereas I knew white America judged me by their standards, I'm judging myself by their standards. I'm I'm judging other people in my community by white American standards. And that's where the problem comes for me. So I myself have made a conscious effort to try to stop Code switching. And I want to stop code switching because I think where I used to find pride in like, yeah, I can code switch. I can go into any culture and and be able to talk and fit and form. But do I want to fit? So the, the more I learn and the more I look at this in a different way, is fitting the best solution for surviving in America. Is fitting the best solution for changing America? 
is fitting the best solution for stopping racism. How do you stop racism if we're consciously fitting? Because, again, if I'm revisiting a book from W.E.B. Du Bois, The Souls of Black Folk, this book was written in 1903. Y'all, we're in 2021 and a book from 1903 is still relevant that is where my problem comes there should have been a shift and that's why this podcast is so important to me because the work is there the scholarship is there the research is there W.E. Du Bois pointed all these things out and he himself started out very different and he believed in black assimilation and he believed in a lot of things. But as he started growing and doing research, he realized black assimilation did not mean equality. Black assimilation does not mean equity in our schools. Black assimilation did not lead to where he thought it was going to lead. So he switched up. He pivoted. His outlook changed about double consciousness and black assimilation and being a part of America and just being a man, he realized that was not possible. And so if we're looking to say, okay, we want to change the way things are going in America and we don't like what we see, we got to start approaching this thing a whole different way. So for me, that means cold switching is not it. We tried that. It didn't work. It doesn't work. It just makes it more comfortable to be racist and just keep it real. It just makes it more comfortable for them to be racist because if we're willing to change our hair, we're willing to change our clothes, we're willing to change the way we talk to fit in. That's exactly what they expect us to do. Fit in. We got to stop playing a game. So one of the things that I'm looking at what my professor, Dr. Bonner, is co-stitching. I was watching him speak on a panel, and he mentioned that we have to stop co-switching and start co-stitching. So I know you sound like, okay, what is co-stitching? Co-stitching is leaving our parts in those spaces where now you will accept my black Afro, you will accept my African garb. You will accept when I say y'all, you will accept when I say man, you will accept when I say TT and you say auntie, I say TT. So we have to start being comfortable enough to be who we are 24, seven, seven days a week. Unapologetically black. Fitting in hasn't worked for us. Sometimes you have to show people how to accept you. And I think that's where we are. But the first part, and that is what we're going to talk about next, is on the block. What do we do? What do we do on the block to help with double consciousness, help with black assimilation, help with the veil? Use this research that we've had now for decades, centuries, to help our communities get better. 
So on the block, this is what we can do. One, be you, man. If you want to wear your Afro to work, wear it. If you want to wear your extensions, wear it. Be you, whatever that you is, because blackness comes in all variations. And that's the other thing. Find a comfort in who you are. I'm not saying go tomorrow and and be totally different than who you are. Whatever your blackness is, express it and understand they're going to have to accept it. And that's where we are. We're, We're getting them to accept our blackness and what that looks like. Be able to identify when you are being asked to play down your culture. If you're at a workplace and they start saying, oh, well, your hair doesn't fit the culture or your hair is against the dress code. How is the hair that grows naturally out of my scalp against the dress code? Those are battles that we're going to have to start fighting. When our kids want to graduate with dreadlocks. They will graduate with dreadlocks. And lastly, and I just said this, but be unapologetically black all the time, 24-7. And if that means one step at a time, you're unapologetically black. So I'm going to be unapologetic about my hair today. And we're going to rock this and see what happens. I'm going to be unapologetically Um, black about my attire whatever that means for you we got to start doing it and we got to start helping each other do it so when you're at work and your co-worker is on her growth mission and wearing her hair applaud that sister tell her good job talk to her to the side and say you know what I support you whatever it is but we got to start supporting each other more we got to start being okay with being black around each other. So code switching is beyond language. It encompasses your culture and whatever that looks like for you from clothes, hair, language, um, mannerisms, the way we, what we eat for lunch, you know, bring your oxtails to lunch. Don't be eating no bologna sandwich and you don't want, you want oxtails, get you some oxtails, (laughs) whatever it may be, be comfortable in being who you are. There's nothing wrong with being black. And the reason why we have to keep saying that is because society keeps telling us it is. But the first person that has to understand there's nothing wrong with being black is you. We got to accept it and we got to spread the word. So I challenge you today to find one area that you code switch in and stop. Code switching has been done for centuries We may not have labeled it code switching until I think the 1950s, but it's been done for centuries. And it's our time to stand up and really learn how not to just survive, but thrive and have a seat at the table in these different environments. We've been doing this switching too long. So I thank you for your time. I encourage you to go out there and be unapologetically black and enjoy it. Enjoy who you are. Just think how much stress will be relieved when you can just be you. So I'm on my journey to stop code switching and step into the realm of code stitching. And that leads us into what next week will be like. 
Next week's episode is about co-stitching and what that means, what it looks like, what it feels like, how to do it and why it's important. So I thank you again next week. Um, it'll be me talking about co-stitching. But at the end of the month, we'll have on Dr. T. Smith that's going to come on and talk about really being unapologetically black in higher ed, but also just in every aspects of our lives and understanding that's the way to get acceptance. Trying to fit in is not going to get us accepted. Trying to fit in doesn't require acceptance because we're, we're doing what they want us to do. So I um, want you to go to my Instagram and if you have a different way or different approach to code switching and more of an acceptance, please leave it in the comments. Inbox me if you have anything that you want to add to the show or if you want to be on the show. I would love to talk to anybody that is out there that wants to share their thoughts about code switching. So follow, subscribe, and leave me a review on your podcast platform that you're listening to me on today. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram and check out the website, thekeetapegram.com. Until next week, go forth and be great.